Hello, and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm Connie Chung. I'm Cliff Sang. And I'm Kenny Gong, and we are the founders and partners of Willamore Real Estate. And this is a show for those interested and invested in the world of residential real estate. Every episode, we sit down for insights, stories, and conversations about all things in the real estate market today, running a real estate team in California, and finding our ways as leaders and business partners. And today, we've got an exciting episode for you. We are sharing our experiences of buying our first home, what we learned, what we wish we could have done differently, and all the insights as insiders in the profession. I love this. I yeah. I have really great fond memories of where I was when Kenny you had called me to talk about one of your fir- your first home. So let's jump <laughs> in with you. I, I, like, yeah, walk I, through, I like what you did there. Walk us through I, memory lane of where you yeah. were at stage of life. At the time, this was 2019, I was looking for an investment property and I was living in an apartment in San Francisco. I had in my mind that I wanted my first property that I purchased all on my own to be an investment property. And so I was preparing with financing. I was thinking about locally. I was thinking about Sacramento mm-hmm. out of state. I was thinking about different parts of, I was thinking about Austin. I was thinking about Denver. I was thinking about Philadelphia was also on the list. Philly, wow. Nice. Philly okay. was on the list. And I went to Sacramento a couple of times and I saw a couple it. of of a couple of properties and then oh my gosh i remember it was it was like a fever dream i woke up in the middle of the night and i just thought no i'm buying my own home i'm buying my own primary residence and i don't even know how this all transpired but i was like I am going to find the least expensive single family home in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Going to Cal, I knew I wanted to at some point live in Berkeley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it was always just a dream. As a realtor, I never thought about purchasing in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, this just popped up in my mind. And so I went on MLS. I think that's a, a dream that a lot of Cal grads have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the back of their mind, they're like, I want to move, get back to Berkeley. Yeah, because it just is such a special place. You know, it just has such a vibe. It's so beautiful. And yeah, I mean, it's close to San Francisco, but still a little bit further away. So you get more sunshine. Well, even before that, I feel like you may have shared over the phone in in passing or in a very casual conversation of like, one day I'd love to just retire in a tree house yeah. in Berkeley, you know, it's yeah. like all the trees and you know, woodsy north part of Berkeley. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was very much in the making. It was very much in the making. And yet I, I didn't realize that, you know, it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you try to manifest mm-hmm. because you might end up manifesting it. <laughs> so I found this, I found this home. Oh my gosh, I remember this this home that was a junior one-bedroom single-family home in Berkeley. And it was listed... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, yeah. Break that down. What does that look like to you folks not familiar with a junior one-bedroom single-family house? It was a single-family house that did not have an enclosed bedroom. <laughs> it had... It was... 
I think it was it was kind of a, it mm-hmm. was a studio. It was a studio, but single family home, mm-hmm. and it had a little bit of it had a little bit of like a half wall that kind of partitioned the bedroom away for the the junior one bedroom away from the living room, but barely. And it was 550 square feet. And I remember I I walked in there. I I saw it with my parents. They came over and it was on this beautiful street. And, and then I decided to make an offer on it. And I think I went in, it was listed at like, I don't know, it was listed at $700,000, which is, you know, expensive for a 550-square-foot small, small studio, single-family home. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I wrote my offer, Mm -hmm. I submitted it, and someone beat me out. Someone beat me out. And I think I offered, I don't know, something like 800 something like that. And which was big. I was like, well, if I don't get it at 800, you know, I'm, I'm totally okay letting it go. And then someone offered, I think they got it for 825, 815, something like that. And so I let it go. And it was so funny because as soon as I found out that they had accepted another offer, I wasn't devastated, but the realtor in me was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to get another house then. Oh, totally. <laughs> yep. And it was so funny because that same day, we did have a client who was looking in Berkeley, mm-hmm. and he sent me this listing. Oh, no. Yeah, he sent me this listing for what ended up being the home that I purchased. But he sent me this listing, and he said, you know, I just wanted, I saw this, it's not for me, <laughs> but I just wanted to give you a heads up that I just saw it. And and then I got that I was I was yeah. in San Francisco and I got that call from him saying like this is a home that I just saw and you know not really interested in it, and then I was like oh well maybe mm-hmm. I am, totally. and yeah. so I now remember that um, client and yeah, yeah yeah and so this was I think it was in the afternoon it was I, yeah it was in the afternoon it was early afternoon that I got that call. And then I called the listing agent and was like, hey, what's the situation of this? And he's like, oh, we've got this other offer. We're not, it's not really going to come together, but, you know, we're still going to market it. And then I said, okay, well, I'm going to come see it. I want to say it was five, around 4.30 or 5 o'clock. I came to see it. I FaceTimed Connie. Mm -hmm. I FaceTimed my parents. And I was like, I think I'm going to write an offer on this house. And the funny thing is, is before, as I was driving across the bridge, I knew that all of my devices were running out of battery. And I knew that there was a chance that I would be needing to write this offer quickly. And so before I actually went to the house, I went to 4th Street. There used to be an Amazon store on 4th Street in Berkeley. And I ran in there and I was like, I just need all the device, like, chargers that you have. So I bought, like, chargers in order oh, to go I thought this was going to be you charged at the store for 10 minutes and then left. No, no, because it was real low. So I was like I just need <laughs> I just need chargers. So I bought all these chargers, went to the house, called Connie, called my parents and then decided to write up the offer in the house. Yeah, I was going to say so you I... wrote the offer in the house. <laughs> In the house. I wrote the offer in the staged house and it was in like summertime. So I remember I got there when it was light and and then I submitted in the house. I submitted around six o'clock 
and we did some negotiations and and then I just hung out at the house for a little while. It was dark at that time. And then as I was crossing the bridge to go back home to San Francisco, I got the call on that that we ratified the deal. Aww. That's pretty so. amazing to hear back so quickly. So quickly, I got word that I didn't get the house that day, mm-hmm. that morning. And then all of that happened by the end of the night. Talk about a bounce that is back. That's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. And it was cool because then, you know, it was so, it was really, really sweet. I had built a relationship with the listing agent mm-hmm. of the other house. She, of course, knew that I was making an offer on the house and she was so sweet and so lovely. And then about a week later, I remember she called me and she was like, hey, I've been thinking about you. I just heard of this other house that just came available and you might be a really good fit for it. So I just wanted to, it's it's not on the market yet, but I would love, I just, you know, I just, I want you to get a house. And, and that was so sweet of her and I really appreciated that. And so then I gave her the news that I was in contract on this other one. And, and I remember her just being like, oh my gosh that's even better. That's a better fit for you. That's a really good fit for you. It's a, and mm-hmm. it seems like it's a better house and you got it for a better price <laughs> than what, than what my buyers for this listing <laughs> are in contract mm-hmm. for. And it's true because, you know, for that, um, I ultimately, I paid eight fifty for this house, for this, for this house. And, and I think they closed at like, yeah, eight twenty five or whatever it was. So for 25, thousand dollars i got you got a two bedroom you know i got a two bedroom it's still small it's not 550 square feet small but it's it's about 850 square feet so a proper two bedroom yeah Yeah. so that is a great story kenny yeah thanks for sharing that yeah so so touching and i love that you were so you negotiated in the house too so you like had like a very thorough it was one (laughs) one tour but you really stayed stayed there and got a feel for the house yeah, and you submitted yeah. too. So you draft. That's so submitted, must be such yeah. a special feeling to write the offer when you're in the house, yeah. typing it up. You're like looking around, yeah. like confirming your feelings, and then yeah. you hit submit. Yeah, while in the house. Cool. And then I knew that that Amazon store was going to close. That's why I went before <laughs> the tour. <laughs> you knew you were going to buy this home before even walking into. Uh, you know, as agents, it's like, what do you got to do to be prepared mm-hmm. to step up? Yeah. And sometimes that means being like, okay, I need to think three steps ahead. Mm-hmm. If I do want to make an offer, if I do want to submit, I'm going to want to submit really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to want to try to do it in the house, you know, because I knew that there was an, there was another offer yeah. that they were, that they were thinking about countering. I feel like that's just realtor life. <laughs> you know? yeah, well, tell us for folks who, you know, especially first time home buyers, sometimes they have some trepidation of like, writing their first offer or even knowing when yeah. they mm-hmm. should go about it for you. How did you know, like, okay, it's worth, worth pursuing moving quickly. Yeah. You know, I think my answer is twofold. One is it was both my head and my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that I had done the comps for the other property. So I knew the value of this one, Mm -hmm. right? I really, really understood the value of this one. I knew that it was an opportunity because it had been sitting and they just weren't, the market really had passed it by and they were getting interest, but it wasn't like the kind of frenetic interest that we still were seeing at that time. We were Mm -hmm. still seeing multiple offers. We were still seeing things going crazy over. 
So I knew that this was kind of like, oh, yeah, there is an opportunity here. And if I can just squeeze in there and make it really sweet, mm-hmm. it could work out really, really well. And then also I led with my heart, right? Like I just, I just knew, I knew that this was going to be the one. And, and I also knew that this house is not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wasn't looking for a, for a necessarily a forever home. Yeah. It could be a forever, you know, asset in my portfolio, or it could be a forever home that I live in, but it doesn't have to be. And so I knew that there was also this sort of like, and because I do it every day, I, I know that even the biggest, highest stakes that come with purchasing a home aren't always that big. And the, high, and the stakes aren't always that high. Because for me, I know, and this is just part of my personality too, because I think that's also really, really important to understand, is like, what kind of buyer are you? Mm-hmm. And I know that for me, my personality is, I'm just an eternal optimist. And I'm nimble and I'm blessed to be able to have a lot of resources at my at my disposal that if I needed to shift, if I needed to pivot, I totally could. But also that, yeah, that it, it didn't have to feel perfect, perfect, perfect and forever, forever, forever. Yeah. So in that way, I was really able to make decisions about something that almost on paper kind of looks impulsive, but but do so still with thoughtfulness, intention, and strategy. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of give us the, the full picture of like, fast forward, whatever, yeah. four years now. Yeah. How has it worked out? What has been the highlights? But also maybe share some of the maybe low lights too, or just yeah. like things that you know you, you, you weren't aware of going into to the home yeah. purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. The highlights, or maybe I'll start with the low lights. The lowlights are, as with a lot of craftsman-style homes, I just don't get a lot of natural light. Mm. So that's constantly on my mind that I just don't get a lot of natural light. I have a giant, giant tree Mm, that that I think just cuts off a lot of light. And the way that the walls are laid out, also it kind of, I could have a lot of natural light, but the way that the walls are laid out, it kind of, traps it into certain parts so my office gets a ton of natural light throughout the entire day but but that doesn't translate to the living room for example so that's i think a low light but that's also part of like the it's not going to be perfect and are are there things that i can do to increase the quality of life as well as add value so possibly thinking about skylights or just reconfiguring the home to allow for more light to tra- to travel throughout the space. Yeah, these are all things that I think about, but also it's like, I know I feel so good about being able to have a blank canvas that I can actually work with. You work with what you got, and that has been really, really nice to be able to have something that just feels like I can work with it and also feels like there's so much flexibility. Like I can, four years after, I now feel really strong that I could just keep this forever mm. and use it in different ways. Like I can either develop it to grow bigger to if I needed a bigger home or I can always rent it out. Mm. And that's really nice. Berkeley has some really, really interesting legislation that has been passed that allows for more flexibility for homeowners. And that's been really, really interesting to explore. So there's lots of different ways that that I could improve 
the space add value that also aligns with is this related of, to ADUs and tiny homes? Yeah. This is this is oh, oh yes, ADUs, tiny homes. Possible, yeah, your garage can be <laughs> the garage, yeah, yeah. perfect primed for that. Exactly. And then you've yeah, got yeah. a nice yeah. flat backyard. Yeah. And for those who to give you a kind of picture, both of your neighbors have built up and created yeah. these really beautiful two stories and across yeah. the street there's all this new yeah. development. So Yeah. You know how there's I have that the smallest house yeah. on the street. Is, <laughs> I literally have the smallest you have, house. On the you don't have the worst house on the block, but in a sense you do in that you have the yeah. lowest priced home on the block, which yeah. is the yeah. ideal for anyone thinking about <laughs> Just the room for appreciation on a home. Exactly. So yeah. smart, yeah. super smart buy. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Very cool. That's what fun. was your escrow like? Easy breezy? or Easy breezy. I think. No, it was easy breezy. Really easy breezy. Yeah. And I think it's, I'm not quite sure if it's easy breezy because we just do it yeah. all, all day, every day. And so any little snags, I was like, ain't no thing. But uh, it was pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty easy. And it's been really nice. If you could go back in time, is there anything you wish you would have known or done differently or paused at? I wish that I saw a few more homes. Mm. But also I don't wish that because I think if I saw other homes, I think I would have maybe went for a different home Mm -hmm. and paid more. Mm And I think ultimately I always come back down to I to feeling so grateful mm-hmm. that I paid the price that I did yeah. for this home. This home really, really fits for me. But I do wish that I saw more so that I could have really felt like I saw more. Mm-hmm. But ultimately it worked out. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you wish you started your process earlier? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I wish I, I mean, so I, let's see. So this was 2019. At that point, I had been in the industry for four years. Mm. And at that point, it was really like, I really was only able to purchase something at that time, four years in. But if I could have purchased something like two years before then, I, I would have, I would have loved to. Yeah. And I, in two years before then, I actually might have been able to get like a nicer home for the same price. Mm. But yeah, of course, yeah. Anything, everything happens for a reason. But well, that yeah, is the lesson. Really, as yeah, soon as well, you can buy something, buy yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> totally. And we we find more folks are always wishing they had bought sooner. I think that's yeah. the world of real estate is like get in yeah. as soon as you can. Yeah, as soon as you can. I think what's really cool, too, is you kind of planted the roots for Willamar in some ways in the, in the East Bay oh. or in many ways. Because yeah. you're the All first the <laughs> In all the ways, yeah, you were the first to move out here officially. Then Connie moved to Rockridge. I know having you two here is what Misun really wanted to move out to the East Bay, but also yeah. that having you two here gave me a lot of confidence to come out as well and some of Misun's friends. But yeah, you you set the flag down yeah. on the East Bay for our expansion yeah. unintentionally, maybe, yeah. but that's what set, set us yeah. set us on, on on the path. And you know, I think I really appreciate you saying that, Cliff, because also it, it reminds me that we don't know what is in store for us and our lives. And this this whole process, real, I mean, you know, I mentioned it before, but it's just like you do things and then you move from there. 
and you don't know whether it's going to be the the perfect fit and it's oftentimes not the perfect fit but if you search and search and search for the perfect fit it just debilitates you from actually moving and making a stand and if you're not making a stand there's nowhere for you to move from that point right and so i think moving to the east bay started what has now become Willamar. But what's wonderful is that it was not inevitable, right? Like we moved and then we kind of pivoted. And then it turns out if you approach life with this mentality, it is this wonderful thing of like, wow, something can happen that is so completely unexpected and so completely beyond our dreams. And to be able to reflect back that that is a possibility. You can't even dream what is possible right now because you haven't put in the work for it yet all of this is just an example of allowing ourselves to live really fully and embrace the organic unexpected unfolding of life yeah oh i love, I love well said well yeah. said yeah especially because i remember i mean we were all living in the city cliff we weren't even we were working together at the time but I remember when Kenny shared he was going to move and buy in the East Bay, being like, no, what's that going to do to her business? And just kind of, yeah, believing in how things go and living life and following our dreams of where we want to be and the life we want to live. It really does unfold into something so magical and beyond what we could have ever imagined. So cool. Well, I think that's the perfect. So thank you, yeah. Kenny. And also thank you to that mystery client who that's the ideal. It's like the reverse client, the one that sends you the listing that you will buy as an agent. <laughs> that was an awesome story. Yeah. Thanks, Kenny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. such a perfect way to end it and we'll leave it at that well there you have it the end of another episode of the thoughtful realtor and this is a three-part series so in the next couple episodes you'll hear from my and cliff's experience of buying our first home what was it like to buy your first home so yeah please share your stories with us you can find us at willamar.com or instagram at willamar underscore underscore and if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. We read every single one of these reviews and your comments, and we love being in conversation with y'all. And also please share the love because we love sharing these stories and hope that they can help as many people as possible. And until next time, bye. Bye-bye.